Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety from the Lighthouse Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me on this very rare Friday evening recording uh, is my friend Michael Leboff. And Mike, the NHL draft is done. Uh, the Islanders made a, kind of a tiny splash in the first day and then just grabbed a bunch of guys after that. And that's about it. Yeah, it's a, it's it's kind of um, I'm, I'm, I was looking forward to this episode. Uh, and the fact that it's on a Friday night um, mm. speaks volumes about how washed up the two of us are. But um, <laughs> it's but it is like I'm I'm excited for it because I think what the Islanders did at the draft is it's not going to like create shockwaves across the league or whatever. Nobody really even knows what that that, that they did anything. Like everyone's talking <laughs> about a lot of other stuff. Like they don't know that the Islanders traded their first round pick. Mm. Um, for for Alexander Romanov as part of that three team deal, but um, the reason I was looking forward to it is because it it really sh- it, the the trade went the reaction from the trade is as 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 usual with a with a a trade especially a substantial one where you're giving up a a coveted you know pieces of property as in a first round pick, but the reactions at first were like scattershot. I don't think anyone, because I think everyone was just really kind of confused because it happened yes. really quickly the way Gary Bettman kind of just like presented it. Uh, and everyone was just so focused on the Canadians Blackhawks aspect of it right. that like the Islanders part, like never got unpacked in front of our eyes on ESPN, mm. which, you know, 
we won't even get into the ESPN stuff again, but like what a <laughs> terrible broadcast that was. Um, but uh, like that didn't really get unpacked. So like Islander fans were kind of like left to their own devices to figure out what happened. And then this weird kind of calm came over everybody where it's like, you know, holy crap, like this, this trade on a lot of levels just was completely reasonable, like completely mm. reasonable. Um, and to watch everyone kind of go from like, anger because the Islanders were like two minutes before that rumored to be in on JT Miller or (laughs) someone from Vancouver. And uh, then it blows up. They go, they get Romanov. And I think everyone expected when Bettman said the Islanders were involved, they were going to hear, you know, maybe JT Miller or whatever. So Mm -hmm. then to go from JT Miller, this who's like a prized, you know, trade chip right now to a player who had not been mentioned at all. And and I don't think many people know much about, um, because of the team he played for, his kind of profile as a player, whatever. Mm. So to go from that one extreme to a very much non-extreme, <laughs> just a solid top four defenseman or middle pairing defenseman, I'm under. I think fans were just like, "What the hell?" You know, that's so weird. Yeah. Um, start to get mad, and then when when <laughs> this like w- this weird phenomenon happened, where uh, like the kind of sentiment from Mont- the Canadians fan base started to like pour into the Islander fan base where people would go to like Habs Reddit, talk mm. to Canadian. I know you and I both reached out to friends who, who root for the Canadians. This like weird kind of thing happened where Canadian fans were just like across the board. I didn't hear a bad thing about this player. Yeah. Like Romanov across. It was, it was so strange. And I, that started to like kind of trickle into like the Islander universe. And all of a sudden, like <laughs> Islander fans are just being really reasonable about the whole thing. They're like, this is a good, solid, Move. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The way it unfolded was really strange. Um, and, and I'm with you. Like I was, my first reaction to it was confusion because I, I honestly, I thought, and I'll talk about this again in a second. Like I thought that the Islanders were trading their pick to the Canadians for Romanov and maybe one of their later first round picks. And then I realized, Oh no, wait, they just traded their pick <laughs> for this guy. And then I was like, really? All right. But, um, it, what happened was with the draft was that it started in this like huge, crazy frenzy of noise, really is the only way, way to put it. It's this big kind of commotion. And then it sort of settled into something extremely boring. And we're talking about just the first round, which was on Thursday. And so, you know, it's, it's in Montreal. It's a whole big thing. People are expecting Shane Wright to be crowned the you know first overall pick when the Canadians swerve everybody and they pick Uri Slavkovsky out of uh, Slovakia uh, for, um, you know, the first overall pick. And some people were happy. A lot of people were confused. (laughs) And Shane Wright apparently was maybe a little bit confused too. Um, He's the, you know, Slavkovsky is the winger. He's he's big, he's flashy, but, you know, Wright is kind of like do-it-all kind of guy. And so everybody's already like, wait, what the hell just happened? And then all of a sudden people start going, well, What's going to happen with right now? The Devils were on the clock at number two. They took a defense, and people are already like, they're going to take a defense. So there goes Shane Ryan <laughs> again. They took Simone Nemec, um, uh, also a Slovakian, uh, at number two. And then it was like, okay, well, what about the Coyotes? Nope, they went Logan Cooley, who was an American center. And all of a sudden, like the story became, what the hell happened to the guy who was slated to go first overall? Like five years ago, like they've been talking about Shane Wright forever to go first overall because he was, uh, you know, he had that the exceptional status like Tavares and and McDavid and all those guys. Finally, he ended up going at 
four to the Kraken. And hey, good for them. You know, <laughs> they need they need extra players and, and it probably worked out best for them. So it was around this time that Gary Bettman steps up to the podium. Now he's been getting booed vociferously the entire time. Oh, I completely forgot. The <laughs> the ceremony started with some very uh, moving words by both uh, Guy Lafleur's son and Mike Bossy's daughter. They did great. Guy chants, Bossy chants coming out. It was a beautiful moment. And then Gary Bettman comes up and boo! Everybody's yelling at him. <laughs> and so, so he comes up after the after that fourth pick, and everybody's still reeling. Everybody's still f- trying to figure out how this all shook out the way it did and how they were all wrong. And the commissioner says. We have a trade to announce. And of course, everybody's boo, boo. And like I can barely hear what he's saying. And it sounds like the Islanders are trading their 13th overall pick to the Canadians for Alexander Romanov and a f- fourth round pick that year. And then the Canadians are turning around, taking that 13th overall pick, trading it to Chicago, along with, a, I believe, another pick for Kirby Doc. And we'll get to him in a second. Um, and so there's this huge, crazy commotion. And by the time it gets to like the analysis part, <laughs> the Islanders part of it was sort of like a throwaway. Like it was sort yeah, of like, like Lou, like basically had left the building already. Yeah. Like, okay, like, <laughs> like picked up it. his suitcase and walked out with right. like his, his, uh, you know, his, his entourage. Yeah. They were done. Like Kevin Weeks, like so they threw it to Kevin Weeks, John Bujagas, and Weeks was like the only guy who was like, uh, yeah, Romanov, good player, young, you know, <laughs> like you didn't really say anything interesting. Um, but it was really bizarre. And like you said, like it just started out as this kind of wheel ball of confusion. And I was just like, I don't know what to really make of this. And at first you're like, man, they just traded a 13th overall pick for this guy. He better be pretty good. But like you said, we reached out to people, we read about it. And over time you start to realize, you know what, this, this move might actually make sense in a way, which is crazy. Um, he's 22. I think that's the floor. Is it makes sense, right? Like, right, yeah. It, it, it at the very least it makes sense, and it could be a home run right. in terms of the ceiling. Yeah. Um. The the kind of uh re- reaction from cer- certain people who like I I implore you to mute on Twitter like doing <laughs> doing 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 it really made my uh you know hockey online mm. fandom much so much simpler muting mm. some people who, who work for some <laughs> cer- certain certain publications um but the, the trade of course you you i think islander fans also knew from the get-go that okay they're gonna we're gonna get made fun of for this trade because that's what happens islanders right. make a trade islanders do anything there's gonna be a couple hardy har hars at our expense mm. even if they're unfounded and it's because those the people who are making those jokes are don't have the context that we do coming from the move from the bottom, like as a fan, not looking at it from their ivory tower um, is as a uh, writer at a certain publication. But um, it reminded me of the Andy green trade in a weird way mm. where it was the Islanders were made fun of because they gave up a second round pick for a then 37 year old Andy green, who at that point probably hadn't scored a goal. Uh, <laughs> three seasons like the, yeah. yeah exactly right like you heard you heard whatever but if you were paying attention to the islanders that season they had just lost adam pellick and since they did lose adam pellick in that freak injury where he was playing kickups and tore his acl um they, that hole in in their defense just never got filled hmm. and green was the perfect kind of stopgap option so even if it was technically overpaying for a- andy green on paper for the Islanders in, in a 
if you look at it just as an Islander specific trade, it made so much sense. Right. And then you I could think say the same thing this... about JG Paggio too. Exactly. They've been crying for an entire season. They had no third line center. And they were like, oh, you gave up a first round pick for this guy? What? And he's perfect. He was the right. perfect player. <laughs> and and so when, when you, I think because of those experiences, Islander fans kind of knew what was about to come their way mm. from. And I was pretty happy that nobody, at least, and once again, I have these people muted, so I wouldn't have seen it anyways. But like, <laughs> it didn't seem like anyone was like giving any credence to what people from the outside were saying but rather you know doing what you and myself did and other people were doing like just asking canadian fans about romanov and very quickly it started to everyone started to kind of piece together okay does trading a first round pick for alexander romanov make sense for 20 other teams in the nhl maybe not right but for the New York Islanders, who have a glaring re- need for the exact type of player that he is, it makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my friend Zeb, who writes for the Canadian site Habs Eyes on the Prize, he's based out of Sweden. And I, I reached right out to him because he was the first guy I reached out to because I know he knows Romanov because he calls him the czar, which is a pretty cool nickname. But that's the only thing I ever knew about this guy was that, oh, yeah, my friend calls him the czar. And uh, he wrote me back. It was very, very nice. He was busy, busy guy last night. And he wrote me back and he said that, you know, he hits like a truck. Uh, he can play both sides of the ice. He skates very, very well. The big thing I think with him was that, and this is what, this is again, what his, he was saying was that he, now he played with CSKA with Ilya Sorokin, which is a huge thing. Like, let's not discount that. They in fact won a Gagarin cup together uh, on a team. So, on that team, he was used as a defensive defenseman, and he worked out pretty well. But when he went to the World Junior, the Russian coach tried to make him into more of a playmaker. And when he got to the Habs, they tried to make him into this sort of offensive defenseman too, and it just didn't work out. And he was saying that maybe the first option might have been smarter, meaning <laughs> staying on the defensive side of things. Um, you know, you, you look at his offensive numbers, and they're they're not good. What he's got like nineteen points in one hundred and thirty three games or something like that. But if he gets paired with Noah Dobson, which you know. I think at this point, and we're not, none of us are Lane Lambert, but I mean, at this point, I think you can safely pair him, pencil him in there. You would, could think that they would make a pretty good pairing. You got one guy who's smooth skating and kind of offensively minded, and another guy who's smooth skating and defensively <laughs> minded. Uh, and also, he hits like a truck and is very similar to uh, Nicholas Cronwall, uh, which to us, in Islander fan speak, translates to he's a lot like Darius Kasparites because <laughs> that's our hitter. Yeah. So there you go. And it, it- if you went into the draft with with a wish list and a realistic one, like would we have all loved to the Islanders to have traded for or you know the rights to Johnny Gaudreau or mm. to trade to have traded for Alex DeBrinket? Of course, like of course we would. But if you said, would you sign up for the Islanders trading their first round pick for an NHL a proven NHL top four defenseman who's twenty two years old? And right. has is coming off of his entry level deal, and will probably be less than two million dollars. Oh yeah, of of a cap hit going forward. Everyone would say yeah because before the whole like scoring winger thing started again, and it's it's you know it's been a decade plus of this. You know since since the Islanders drafted Tavares, like we've been searching for an upgrade to PA Parento on on his <laughs> wing, right? Like it's it's like it's not a new phenomenon uh, where we want that first line scoring winger. Uh, to play with our number one center, this this one just happens to be better than Tavares. The uh, the that 
phenomenon kind of happened because there were all these players like the the market kind of dictated it whereas like there's like an overabundance of scoring wingers all of a sudden this summer it's very strange like uh kind of how the goalie market's so different this year than it usually is so that phenomenon kind of just like reared reared itself sure the islanders need to score more so that's part of the equation but um their biggest need going into the offseason and of course like i i definitely got mesmerized by the new shiny thing or potential new shiny thing of of whether it's to bring or johnny mm-hmm. gaudreau patrick kane whoever you want to try to trade for or sign um but they're all season long all we said was they need somebody to play next to noah dobson because it can't be zidane ochara again next right. year and we know that like um and, and we don't want to break do? up pelican pullock again basically right exactly right. like what they do is they not only do they find someone to do it uh, or at least potentially do it like who knows how the, how the two of them will play together but they found someone who's on the same timeline as him like right. he's he's 22 years old like he's 23 years younger than his former defense partner <laughs> and he's 20 what 20 years younger than or 18 years younger than his former former defense partner mm. so he's playing with a contempt he's gonna play with a contemporary for his first first time so um it's without like saying oh this is i'm not trying to say this is like an incredible trade lou you know i'm not going james myrtle on kyle dubas <laughs> style all of a sudden but i'm just saying like this is a great start to or at least like the right idea of a yeah. move and and paying the first round pick in a, in a draft where basically the whole narrative around this draft was yeah once you got past like the first six players it's it's totally a lottery like you you could have the 33rd pick in this draft be the best player to come out um and that's a i guess a possibility in every draft but it's much higher in this one so i thought lou like made it pretty clear when he said the guy that we i think there was some weird stuff that might have happened in the top 10 and the honors might have had like a blue chip chipper fall to them and when that stuff didn't happen he did what i think we all would have hoped he would do and was aggressive with with the first first round pick and filled a huge need at a very minimal cost, which now allows the Islanders to continue uh, to upgrade. Cause like it, had they traded for JT Miller, mm. uh, who I think, you know, his deal is very reasonable this year, but he's basically a one year rental unless you can extend him. Um, and by the way, I don't know if, if, if that's who they were talking about because it wouldn't really make sense for Lou to pivot yeah, that's really Miller weird. To, to, I, I've heard from from we, we have some sources, we have some spies <laughs> on the floor in Montreal, and I heard that it was they were actually talking about a defenseman. So you know, maybe they're talking about Tyler Myers, in which case the Islanders probably dodged a bullet. But right, um, he, he would have hamstrung himself for the rest of the summer if he went after Miller at six million dollar cap hit, because then you got to get Dobson and then find a top four defenseman mm. with all your with half your cap space already used up. So now it's it's the flip where it's the inverse where it's Dobson and this defensemen are now taking up you know half the available cap space and you can now make the moves necessary to upgrade the forward core with much more flexibility so it's on so many different levels it it was like the right move to make at the right time whether it pays off or not nobody knows that's just the nature Mm -hmm. of trades you know how how often do we bring up the pk suban right say weber (laughs) whatever like i can't believe that they would do this to to PK, like you can't like Shea Weber's past his prime and it was a home run for the Canadians. Like we won't know, but where we're standing right now and where we were standing before the draft, like 
this is what the Islanders needed to go to to accomplish at the draft. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean, like we said off the top, like my my feelings on it started to turn around towards a positive after reading about his play. Um all the Canadians fans that I read were sad to see him go. He's a great personality. Uh they they love how he's um on his, on his Instagram. It's it's all pictures of him and his lovely wife in, in cool places <laughs> that they've they've visited. And so, uh, you know, he's just like a fun, a fun dude who, from what you know, I can read was was sort of miscast in the wrong spot. And of course, he struggled this year under Dominic Ducharme, like the entire team did, played better under Marty San Louis, like the entire team did. Um, he did play last year in the cup final. He actually scored a goal in the cup final. So, and like you said, he's 22. Like the and way he was I like at, twenty minutes a game for a bad team. Yeah, he was, he was playing yeah. like a, a hard role too. Yeah, so. and and again, probably miscast in that role, and uh, you know, did the best he could, and still playing twenty minutes a night. And you know, the way I started to look at it was, you know, they're, they're drafting guys that are eighteen years old, and like you said, I mean, this is not a weak. This was a pretty weak draft outside of Wright and maybe uh, you know a couple other people none of these guys are going to be in the NHL next year. Like they're all going to be back in junior or college or whatever. And so you're not going to see them again until they're 20, 21. So this guy is already 22. Like and the Habs in a way have kind of done the, the development part for the Islanders. And now they can just slide him in. And I mean, obviously they're going to, they're going to teach him a thing or two as well. Uh, and I started to come around with it. He is now an RFA because he doesn't have like a requisite amount of games. And so they are going to need to sign him, but he was only making 800 something grand last year. So, I'm thinking he comes in maybe a shade over a million, like not much at all. And so if they can get Dobson under, a, he's also an RFA. I mean, obviously he's coming off a really good season. If they can get him under a reasonable deal. You're talking about having a second pairing defenseman of two two pretty good 22 year old guys for maybe four million, four and a half, maybe if we're lucky, you know. So um, that might work out, and it might again open up space uh, to sign other guys. You know, as far as um, as the other stuff goes, yeah, we we heard that they were talking about JT Miller. I mean, he's a fine player. He's going to be a UFA. Uh, we're going to talk about UFAs in the second half of this episode. And at this point, I don't trust any of them. Like they're going to, you know, I, I'm assuming they're just going to walk. So <laughs> I wouldn't have done that. We'll talk about Alex DeBrink at, I guess, in the second half too. Um, so we'll we'll see how that goes. Um, you know, there was obviously after every draft, there's always like these winners and losers articles and of course everybody has the islanders as a loser uh cory pronman you know uh, i shouldn't get to him yet but uh you know dom at the athletic hated it said that he hadn't done anything to warrant this kind of price tag sean gentilly was a little bit a little bit more positive uh shannon goldman was a little bit more positive i mean the athletic is packed to the gills with people that would rather eat glass than give the islanders credit for anything so i'm really not gonna put a ton of a water uh and weight on on what they say um, but I think, you know, if you, if you look at it kind of an objective way, yeah, I think, it's, I think it's a, a pretty solid, uh, price to pay for a pretty solid player that, like we said, could complement your, you know, best young defenseman for the, I mean, in a perfect world, like in, you know, the best case scenario, these guys play together for the next 10 years and they're as, they are as, you know, right. good together as Pelican Pullock are exactly. together. And you got Mayfield, somebody else on the other third on the third pairing, and you're good to go. So yeah, you look what it just it it does to the team is it completely it upgrades the defense, the defensive unit like immensely because right. it 
because of what you just said, where it's you now have two potential two pairings with the potential to be a, sh- a number one pairing because right. you already have one that has proven it, uh, and then you have another one that could grow into one, and then you if if Scott Mayfield's your number five defenseman next year, uh, you you have m- maybe the best number five defenseman in the the conference <laughs> and maybe the league like, right. uh, and. To, depending on who they pair with him, like you, you, you could look at like you, you could be looking at a, one of the best or the, the best top sixes in, in at least a conference in the division. Like it's, it's very rare you see a, a team with a blue line that doesn't have any glaring holes. Um, I mean, the, look at the Avalanche; they had you know, Curtis McDermott and Jack Johnson getting regular spins throughout right. the season, and <laughs> like the even like the the lightning with with Bogosian and, and Ruda who who are guys who depending on how you look at it are probably both best suited for number 6 roles or whatever. So it's like they're going into the year now with an inc- if assuming Varlamov isn't traded which Lou met with the media uh today and said he doesn't I guess I, I think the wording he used was like, there's a strong possibility or I don't know what it yeah. was, but he basically indicated that they're not going to trade Varlamov. And right. um, if you look at for a team that's trying to build from the back to the front, like you have perhaps include when you put both goalies together, the best goaltending tandem in the league. Uh, right. Then you have a, a really, really strong top six for uh, defense. I mean, you're, you're going into free agency and really good shape <laughs> and mm-hmm. like i think i think another thing that's been upsetting people with the trade is they're like oh well if, you know lou didn't trade devon taves away two years ago mm. we wouldn't have had to give up a first round pick for right. for romanov like okay but that's this is reality like this is the real world like i'm at least pretty sure it is at least like <laughs> this is reality like that happened that trade happened like just it sucks it, it was a mistake Right. We know it. Like you can't, you can't. That's just not a thing. Way to look at this. Like this is you got that that happened. Yes, and so did this. Like now, they've have they rectified that error. Like doesn't matter because they 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 they're doing. They did what they had to to at least try to. Um, so it's just it's really hard to. It's hard to to see people who have have gotten who are like really upset with the way that this was handled or the trade or whatever, because you just, if you, if you just take a deep breath and take a step back and look at how the team looks, like if you look at the the depth chart of the cap friendly sheet, you're like, okay, the Islanders have one hole right now, yeah. like one. And, and in, ter- in a league where you need, if you don't have what the avalanche have, you need terrific or near elite goaltending. They have that, which is incredibly important and is, is good. That's good enough to, give you give you a very high floor to begin with um and now they have a a defense that right now has one hole in it because they only have five guys like, they, like <laughs> so they can fill that they're, they're likely to fill that hole right. so i don't i just don't understand how you can be upset at at this at the move because yeah. it's like they went into the draft and with the 13th overall pick drafted a 22 year old defenseman yeah already with with the type of experience and pedigree that mm. 
like you, you you look for in in a in a top level prospect. You'd be yeah. like, okay, if this guy if this guy was was in the draft pool, like he would go probably first overall. I'd be like, okay, we'll sign up for this guy. Like two hundred games already playing twenty minutes a night. Um, I mean, so- it's like I've seen it, it. You know, if they had used that thirteenth pick to draft some kid, you would want him probably to turn. And he turned out like Alexander Romanov. That would be pretty good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, so yeah, you know. So now you've got the right one. And so, um, yeah, but I mean, it's funny because again, like they didn't bring any of this up like at, <laughs> at the time at the draft. Oh, sorry. One other thing before we move on. Um, I think people get it in their heads that you know, they want a specific person. So like had the Islanders traded that pick for like Jacob Chikrin. Right. I don't think people would have been upset because and, like, and oh, I'm, we've been talking I'm about glad it. you actually brought that up because <laughs> I, th- I don't know if it was the last episode, but, or just in conversations I've had where, <laughs> We've, we've been talking about the same guys over and over and over again. Right. And like the list, the list go out, like here's the trade targets and mm. here's like the three agency targets. Alexander Romanov's name was not on one of them. No, like the Canadians like, fans are shocked that he yeah, got traded. It's like, yeah. So that's, it just goes to show you that like, I get the people have a job to do. And, and part of their job is, is trying to put the pieces together for, for what, what the Islanders or other NHL teams are doing. And the Islanders are particularly challenging because of <laughs> their general manager. Right. Uh, but like, it's, it's just hilarious to me that for it's what July. So nine months has it been since October when Jacob Chitrin was basically yeah. tra- traded by, uh, <laughs> you know, NHL insiders and the Islanders were mentioned as a potential f- suitor. And so the I- Islander fan base has been talking about him for so long that like, I think the point you're making is like, the fact that he, that he's not Jacob Chikrin is part of what's eating away at maybe some people, which right. I you know I guess understandable, right? Like a lot of people, you know, you, it's part of being a fan. You you become infatuated with the idea of certain players on your team, but he's going to come in at he's I think he's three years younger. And he's going to come in at less than half the the yeah. cap hit of Chikrin, and he played seven. I think he's missed five NHL games combined in his first two seasons. So he's obviously shown to be a pretty rugged individual uh so i i yeah like i said it's you could be upset about other things like separately but i don't think you can i think it's unfair to be upset with what what the islanders did with what they had at the draft um and that's great i mean first i think i went back into our hockey reference pages and and he's our first Russian defenseman since Anton Klementyev who played one game as a 19 year old. <laughs> wow. What, what an act to follow. <laughs> like, but how, like, I feel like that's hard to, to, to accomplish. Right. I know the, like the Islanders have had maybe like, like, like half a dozen Russians, seven or eight, maybe hmm. since, since Klementyev, um, since that 2009, 10 season, yeah, but and most of them have been goalies. Yeah. Right. And, and goalies. Yeah. How, how quickly we forget. Well, uh, geez, I always forget Leo is not Russian. Yeah, he's just part, part, he's everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, they had Grabowski too. No, right, wait, he's, yeah. he's Belarusian. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Kuhlman. Yeah, Kuhlman, Kuhlman. Kuhlman. Yeah, Kuhlman <laughs> I think. And yeah. Yeah, that's really all I right. can think of. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot to like about it after the initial kind of weirdness settled in. And like I said, after that moment of frenzy, the draft just became just a boring slog for the rest of the evening in the first round. I'm not going to recount everybody. The Islanders didn't pick anybody. Nobody really kind of jumps out. Uh, I will say, though, that um, uh, what's his name? Frank Nazar was the guy that the Blackhawks picked at 13 with the Islanders pick. So uh, if you're going to want to hate anybody, 
it should be him. He's going to Michigan, uh, and uh, he's a speedy center, is all we know. And right now, the last team I think I'd want to be drafted by would be the Chicago Blackhawks because they are a huge tire fire. We'll get to them again in a little bit. Um, so as far as the uh, – so that was day one. <laughs> that was all day one, the half hour, just on that one thing. And the Islanders didn't draft anybody. They made a trade. Um, so that brings us to day two, which happened on Friday. The Islanders had five picks. Uh, they used a bunch of them, most of them, on on defensemen. They picked Kale Odilius uh, uh, out of uh, Finland, um, oh, excuse me, Sweden, uh, in the second round, 65th overall, was slated to go a little bit higher on some boards. Uh, again, smooth skating. Actually, I, I forgot to mention, like you'll see a, a pattern if, with these guys if you start to read about them, and this includes Romanov as well. The idea that they they skate well, and if you've been following along this whole time, you'll know that that's kind of a departure for the Islanders, the way they were drafted recently. There doesn't seem to be any Griffin Reinhards in this uh in this uh, batch here. But yeah, uh, Kelly Odilius uh, out of Sweden. Uh, He's very happy to be an Islander. Quinn Finley. uh, uh, He's going to be going to Wisconsin. He's a forward, but again, smooth skater. He's uh, apparently grew up idolizing Anders Lee, which makes me feel very, very old. Um, After that was another defenseman, Isaiah George. Uh, I believe he was uh, Western hockey league. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm not even sure. Uh, Again, another defenseman, good skater, uh, another guy, Matthew Maggio, forward, again, good skater. Uh, and then their final pick was Dalen Kufler uh, at, at a com loops. You know, he's got speed, whatever or not he does anything else. We have absolutely no idea. So what they've picked here is a bunch of guys who move well, which if you watched, you know, even five minutes of the Stanley Cup final, you know, it's kind of a prerequisite these days. You, you got to have speed. And, and it's nice to see the Islanders recognize that and move along. As far as, you know, if these guys are going to be any good, Hell, if we know. Uh, the first three, Odilius, Odilius, sorry, I'm reading a bunch of different uh, spellings of it. Odilius, Finley, and George seem to have the most potential. Uh, people seem to really like them. All three of them had been rated way higher than where the Islanders took them. So it's kind of a good sign. But again, these guys will be a prospect camp, and then you won't see them again for probably two years. So we'll just have to keep an eye on it. Uh, Corey Pronman at the Athletic, uh, not too high on the Islanders. Overall, you give them a C minus. I mean, a bunch of teams got C minuses too. Um, but uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how that how that pans out. That he's been wrong before. Um, but uh, I mean, what do you, what do you make of any of these guys? Like any, anything at all? I mean, I, I should have said at the top of the, the, the episode, we have absolutely no idea what we're talking about here. Uh, so you know, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like these guys are all great picks. But I mean, all you can really do is look at where they were kind of slated, where they got picked, and what people are saying about them. And you know, the fact that they're all smooth skaters, and you know kind of have that that skill set at least makes me kind of happy that they've, they've got that because you never want to draft a guy who's a bad skater like that's bad um, but these guys <laughs> yeah, are like that apparently i i have no idea it's just i just always like to think about like if you're an 18 year old from you know, sweden or saskatchewan or wherever and, the, and and you're going to the islanders like what you're thinking and i know that one guy was from minnesota so he liked Anders Lee. But, uh, <laughs> like the other guys just being like wonder what like right. if they've ever even watched an islander game before yeah, uh, I'm sure like they're probably the age where like they probably think Barzell is like he's totally sick, bro. But like, yeah, uh, <laughs> that's uh, I, I guess so. That was it, it was it, I used to think about that a lot more pre mm. like Barzell be like, you know, what does this guy think mm. going to the Islanders? What's Ryan Pollock thinking? You know, right. like but see, putting these on guys an Islander know- jersey. Right. Like these guys know the Barry Trotz Islanders. They don't know the yeah. Jack Capuano <laughs> yeah, Islanders. <they> <laughs> so yeah. uh, 
But yeah, that's all. And, and I was the only, the only my major disappointment from the draft was that they didn't draft Matt Lindgren's son, Matt Lindgren. Yes, that was the only upsetting part part of uh, of the entire experience. I, um, yeah, I mean, you can give the Islanders draft Corey Prime can give the Islanders draft the C minus, and it does it's just not going to keep me up at night at all. Um, mm. But I think if you polled Islander fans, what what they'd give the draft is in you know not just their picks, but what what how where they were before and where they are now i think pe- most people would give it a much higher grade uh than that so you know the first checkpoint i think has been cleared and they're kind of on the right path now and um uh, a little scared because we thought the same thing last off season when the islanders had offloaded uh lad and letty kind of right. at this juncture of the off season as well and we're like we're on our way like they're just all they need to do is fill one hole and it's the you know <laughs> the second pair on defense and so right. it's the same same story except this time the the hole is um I, I, it, like filling not getting a second pair defenseman or an adequate one um can sink a team you know if you if you're playing mm-hmm. a, a, a a blue line with two of one third of the blue line is over the age of 40 uh, can sink a team. Whereas I, you know, if the Islanders don't get Philip Forsberg or Gaudreau or whoever we, everybody wants to, to be that, you know, Tavares, the, a winger for Tavares kind <laughs> of, you know, mold of a player. Like, and um, you know, if, if, if they don't get that first line winger for Barzell, like it's not going to sink the team mm. where what, what ended up happening last year, what did. So I'm not as worried about that filling that hole from uh, uh, you know, the bottom falling out. Um, but I do, I am very aware that going into this juncture of the off season last year, I, I felt the same way, which was, okay, mm. you cleared the first hurdle. You only have one more thing really that you really need to do. Uh, and it shouldn't be that shouldn't be impossible or that difficult. So we'll, we'll, you know, if you can't judge the off season until, the middle of like November basically. So we'll, right. uh, we'll wait to them. But for right now, at least it's off to a, a better start. If we were, if we were sitting here uh, talking about some random Swede that they drafted 13th <laughs> overall, this episode would probably be over already. Yeah. No, no random Swedes. At least it was, there was no like, huh? Kind of picks yeah. in here, which is, which is good. And again, guys seem to have high hockey IQs and speed and Hey, we can work with that. So that's good. Uh, we are going to take a break and we're going to talk about, uh, the guys who might help with the second half of the offseason. That is uh, your UFAs. Uh, something is going on in Calgary, uh, and Johnny Gaudreau is taking his time to think it out. And, um, well, I think we all know how that goes. But uh, we'll talk about that in a second. And, uh, man, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Maybe, uh, maybe things change. All right, so come back with us in a minute. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And now a word from our sponsors. First, as always, VintageIceHockey.com, where you can get T-shirts, hoodies, and mugs featuring over 100 classic hockey logos. Lots of great jerseys coming out now, too. So get on that right away, even during the summer. VintageIceHockey.com also carries our Al Arbor T-shirt, and our portion of the sales of that go directly to the Center for Dementia Research. Use the code Long Island to save 10% on anything in the store. Betway is the official betting partner of the NHL. Play big pick for free anywhere in the U.S. or play for real. Residents in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Colorado, Idaho, and Iowa only. Click the link in the podcast description to join. Must be 21 or over. Terms and conditions apply. Try wines from the Pinot Project. Delicious Pinot Noir, Pinot Grigio, and Rosé, all under $15 a bottle. Available at your local wine shops and at UBS Arena. If you're going to a concert or some kind of event there, check it out. And please play and drink responsibly. Uh, Okay, so free agency opens on the 13th, which is next Wednesday. Quick note, uh, Mike and I are going to be back next week sometime uh, between Wednesday and Saturday (laughs) to talk about whatever the Islanders do. Um, And then that'll be our last episode of the season. And then we take our extended break. Uh, You know, basically... The sooner we come back and do an episode, the bigger the name the Islanders sign. So if it's uh, somebody big, we'll be back on Wednesday. If it's somebody not so big, uh, we'll see a couple of days after that. (laughs) (laughs) So that's how you know. Um, As far as big names go, I mean, they're out there. And Johnny Goudreau is the number one guy. Uh, He's still just 28. And now they're they're, they're, they're doing the dance in Calgary. And it's one that Islanders fans know very well. GM Brad Treliving is just waiting for Johnny to make his decision, and he's still giving him time. Brad, my friend, I hate to tell you this, but Ugh. we kind of know how this is going to yeah. play out. And it's, I'm not saying he's not going to resign there, but I feel like I've heard this song before. <laughs> Into the name, too. Right. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Like when you just read that, I just, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Just don't yeah. let him go near a pool. Right. <laughs> yeah. If he starts walking around the pool, um yeah you might want to start looking around for and, wingers and see if you have any contacts at the uh the players tribune if you have any yeah. edit you know any editors there and they you know right. they're, they're negotiating with him on, on, it, on his goodbye article right it is funny and i'll be honest i haven't seen any of this but i mean you you've taken in a lot more of this stuff than i have so like people are really kind of like i feel so bad for flames fans that they haven't you know figured this out or i feel i feel very bad for the flames that they they don't have a, an answer from Johnny Goudreau. Is that really happening? Because yeah. if it is, I'm going to be mad because <laughs> we didn't get that. That's for sure. Yeah, I've, I've, I've listened to I, – I know for sure because I just heard him say it again, but uh, <laughs> on on the Frank Saravalli with Jason Greger, and, and now I'm addicted to Toronto Sports Radio podcast, so I listened to – to the like the morning show and um, i need a lot of help i really need to to like decompress this offseason and, and get off the toronto sports radio i have actually started listening to real kipper and born and it's good like it's they, actually they good. Are good yeah which is i would not thought i would have said no. that I, at all when i first because i just started to listen 
you know this if you listen to this podcast right like once the leaves get eliminated like we do the tour we do the victory tour mm. and listen to that stuff <laughs> but yeah i stayed with them i'm like oh this is good like it's perfect dog walking i the producer is kind of annoying but like because uh, mm. he's like a huge leaves homer but if, but if they're you, always making fun of him for being a huge leaves right. homer though <laughs> and, and and if you're if you're looking for like a daily hockey show like a daily hockey podcast i think they're good I mean, it's, it's, it's still a leaf show, right? Like it's still right. mostly yeah. about the Leafs, but that's most of those shows anyways. Mm. Like, so they at least are self-aware about it and uh, <laughs> are decent, but uh, yeah. So Frank Saravalli, whose, whose podcast I wouldn't recommend. I think it's, it's not great. <laughs> um, uh, but I, I've just been listening to it cause I'm just trying to take in as much of content going into the, the draft and trade speculation and um, free agency as possible. And, he yeah he's he he was very um got sympathetic i guess is the right mm. word for the flames i can't believe you know this is such a tough spot like they're just really can you believe this like i can't and he's they're not <laughs> blaming Gaudreau at all like they're not saying like this is he didn't deserve this right but it's it's more about like the the uncertainty of of not knowing mm. where your franchise player is gonna go and free agency and like the whole time I'm just like it's just unbelievable to me that when when john Tavares was doing this it was there was everyone was like this is great this is mm. so good like the, finally we have a big time free agent who might not go back to his team but of course uh this time it's yeah it's uh, you know but don't Tavares, you feel bad was... for the flames yeah <laughs> i mean with Tavares, it was like well we still feel he's going to go back to the Islanders, but could you imagine if he signed with X, Y, and Z? And it's like, okay, so what is it here? You know? And so, yeah, it, but I see that that's incredible to me that they, yeah. would, they would. And and they keep the, the, the two of them, especially the, the, the reason, one of the reasons I really don't think it's a great podcast and, <laughs> uh, is that they, they have the same conversation and bring up mm. the same points over and over again, like almost like a radio show. Like if uh. they just assume like, someone hasn't been listening to the whole episode, which <laughs> is, is fine for radio because you don't know when someone turns on the dial, but podcasts, you can assume that the people who were listening us to us talk about um, Alex Romanov 15 minutes ago and, and how, how great he is. Uh, and he's, he's got great hair by the way too. Like he just, he's <laughs> a very good looking guy. It seems, but like if, if, if you, you can assume if you, if you're doing a podcast that those people are still listening. Um, so they, they, they keep bringing up the same point and, and the point that they keep, talking about is um you know like and the reason that i feel so bad for them is if he leaves like what are they gonna do like what does that mean for the team going forward mm. and we i'm like what do you <laughs> not remember what we were left with like right. we had one like he was supposed to be our only good player when right he, like and we didn't have a like a new building really set in stone yet. Like this yeah. whole franchise was kind of hanging in the balance, and it's a bit hyperbolic, but it felt that way at the time. Yeah. And uh, yeah, nobody was like, "I just feel so terrible for Islander fans." It, it immediately went from, "Wow, he left Toronto." Oh my God, Islander fans are so classless. Like they're turning on the guy. Don't, right? Don't they remember what he just did for the whole team? All, that whole all those times. Aren't he, they happy he's coming home? No, <laughs> yeah. no. 
We weren't happy. Yeah, with, and with Gaudreau, it's different. They're like, oh no, he's you know he's an American. He mm. earned the right to go to the coast, like go back to the East Coast of the United States. Mm. Like that's where his heart is. Is it that? Like that's that's fine. Like mm. like he he. But like and and you, don't you feel bad that the Flames are putting up with that? Like they're <laughs> contending with a guy who who's being pulled at the heartstrings to go home. Like that's so tough. Mm. Oh God, it's killing me. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, there people are out there saying that stuff. And, and what's funny is that, in a way, uh, Philip Forsberg's best friend right now is Johnny Goudreau, because if it wasn't for him, he would be getting this treatment, too. Right. And, you know, I don't know if he would, he would probably be getting the same treatment that, uh, well, I don't know, because, I mean, he's obviously not from either Canada or the U.S., and he wouldn't be going home. But same thing, like, he, we've been hearing every day we hear about, oh, they talked. Okay, well, what does that mean? Like. It, they're they're gonna he's gonna be a ufa in four days <laughs> like what you know again we've seen this script play and i'm not saying that he can't resign tomorrow i was you know i was on the well they'll resign him the day before camp the whole time and it just never happened but i mean this all feels very similar to what happened with us and i mean i'm sorry to tell you this flames fans and predators fans who definitely aren't listening to this that you know these guys are given a chance to walk away and they just might for whatever reason. And whether it's to go home or to go to a new team or to get more money, it's, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Uh, do I think Johnny Goudreau is going to sign with the Islanders? No, I do not. And they don't, even if they, I don't think they have the, the space to sign him. And if they did, somebody else is going. And I don't <laughs> think they, they could move like an Anders League or somebody like that to make the space. So they, the, the cool thing is that like it, the Islanders, their specific need, like I was saying earlier, matches up with the market at least right. a little bit. So, like, there is a world where you know, you and I both know that Johnny Gaudreau is not coming to no. to <laughs> Long Island, and neither is Philip Forsberg. And right, but it hasn't not happened yet. So, like, and the Islanders are one of I don't know twelve teams, maybe, and and even a shorter list because of that twelve teams that that could feasibly do it have like the specific need and also are good enough where they wouldn't be going to like the Sabres or something. Right. Like, so that's fun at least like, like, Oh, like I'm going to, yeah, I'm, I'm telling you right now, my, I'm not getting my hopes anywhere near up and I don't, I won't say that I think that Kudrow is coming hmm. to the Islanders, but have I dreamed about it and thought about it and, <laughs> spent a lot of my day my waking hours thinking about it yeah of course i have because there's a possibility of it at least like right last the last couple off seasons there haven't been like we knew what the islanders off seasons the past few summers kind of were going to look like this one not really like we mm. we i think the most exciting thing that could have happened to the islanders last off season was they they signed like you know or they traded for vince dunn um and this this time it's you know could they take a swing like and right. could it be Gaudreau or could it be Kane or whatever and so it's mm. like this is this it's gonna be a, at least you're gonna wake up on Wednesday hopefully like as, as long as these guys haven't signed um and there's gonna be a chance which is mm. fun yeah it's like the um, Panarin thing all over again you know like a little right. bit like it's and 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 I know that ended horribly uh, <laughs> but like still like you woke up that morning and even that throughout that day like the Islanders name kept popping up like, you know, like, right. holy, uh, you know, like I'm, I'm coming from a place where the Islanders used, used to spend the, their off season UFA dollars on John Sim, whose son right. was drafted today. Like, so <laughs> oh my the, God. just being yeah. in the mix is, is really exciting. 
Yeah. And I mean, well, and we should mention too that apparently the deal with Vancouver for whoever it was fell through, of course, when it started to leak out. And apparently, Luna Morello, as he's wont to do, pulled out of it and was like, nope, not happening. So if you don't hear anything from these guys in a way, in, in, it's kind of good because it means that, you know, maybe the Islanders are involved. At least that's my projection. Um, you know, Goudreau, Forsberg, um, even Nita Ryder. I know, I know, I know. Uh, Burkowski, Trocek, like uh, Ryan Strom again. I know, I know. Oh, Kadri, Sorry. These are kind of the bigger end. Claude Giroux, I guess, even though he's, he's older than those guys, are kind of the biggest fish out there. Um, again, I don't see any of them signing with the Islanders. Man, how, how funny would it be if Nino Niederreiter came back to the Islanders? I mean, it's a totally different team than when he was when he, he asked to get traded. So uh, I don't know how many bad memories he has, but he could have his number back, I guess, which would be kind of fun. Um, I guess Riley Smith, although he's kind of older too. So, I mean, there are names out there that I think the Islanders could use. Um, and then as far as defensemen go again for that, that sixth spot, um, Nick Letty is out there. And again, I, if, you know, if they brought him back at a cheaper cap hit than he was making before, I wouldn't be opposed to that. Uh, Danny DeKaiser is too old. He's also sucks. Uh, Oli Mata also stinks. Uh, Will Butcher thought he was going to be pretty good. Turns out he's not that good. Um, Alex Edler is about a thousand years old. So, I mean, there are guys out there, Ben Sherratt, not really not that good. Oh, Ian Cole, I thought this guy was 100 years old. He's apparently only 33. But, um, you know, there's a lot of weird options out there. And I think people, you know, you kind of need to open up their brains to more than just it's got to be Goudreau or Forsberg or that's it. Like, those guys ain't coming here. And if they do and we're wrong, well, then we'll be happy and wrong. <laughs> but, I mean, there's guys out there that I think could make sense. Um, you know, I've been a fan of Trochex for a long time. I don't know if he necessarily fits what the Islanders are looking for, but. He would be a fun, a fun guy to add. You know, Burkowski uh, played for Washington under Lane Lambert. So I, do they have any kind of special relationship? I don't know. But, I mean, that would be a fun a fun add, too. Guy just coming off a of Stanley Cup. He scored 22 goals last year. He could probably, you know, do some scoring for the Islanders, too. Phil Kessel is a UFA, although, again, I don't I don't see him <laughs> coming here. <laughs> um, and Evgeny Malkin is, too. And, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't think he's going back to Pittsburgh. I think he's going someplace else. But. Uh, we'll yeah. see. But oh, and Andre Pilat apparently is also going to be a UFA at some point, too. Um, but he's older than I thought. He's 31. So, I mean, there are options out there. Like some of these guys might make good ads that aren't Johnny Goudreau or Philip Forsberg, because I don't think those guys are coming here. And I think we need to kind of understand that. Do, do I think Johnny Goudreau is going to sign with the Flyers? No, I don't. But he's probably not going to sign here either. <laughs> right. I, I think the I, the way we a lot of times we look at free agency i think we did this last year too it's like who do you not want right like right. who do you who do you not want to land here and i think that's the best way to look at it and it's like there's someone that like the guys you mentioned and then there's like the the david perrons of the world and like if 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 david perron came to long island for i'd be shocked first of all yeah <laughs> but like it's it's just it like wouldn't like be that exciting right uh because it's like okay you know he's he's basically a similar kind of player to to palmary a little older uh whatever um but like the the kind of under the radar guys that like i think could make sense or are, 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 are defensemen like i think because now they need that number six lefty guy who who can right. play with with mayfield uh and th- that's that's where i think like 
what's going to happen on my prediction for Wednesday is that um, at least one of the big guys, Forsberg, uh, uh, Goudreau, like they they aren't signed. Like the, it goes deeper maybe into the next day. But and but I, my prediction is the Islanders make a, a under the radar signing of, of the number six defenseman that that's going to play for Mayfield or play with Mayfield or, um, you know, fight for fight for playing time with Robin Sallow. Mm. Could, could it be Nick Letty? I think it definitely could be Nick Letty, which is, uh, right. I think pretty funny. Cause we've kind of been talking about that throughout the season. Even, even before last season, I, I was like, my bold prediction was Nick Letty comes back and at the trade deadline. And, um, uh, he, he of course didn't, but, uh, it, he like makes sense in a lot of ways for them to do it. Yeah. And I, I think if it, it'd be a really funny situation if Nick Letty came back because they'd be signing him to play with the same player, but in a lesser (laughs) role. Yeah. And I think the move would be met with like a, it would be approved like by the, the the fan base. Whereas like for his, the last three years of his Islander career, people were shipping him out of town as they could. And you know, he's going to come back and everyone's gonna be like, this is a, he's the perfect player for the Islanders. Well, if he's making less than five and a half million, exactly. (laughs) And and playing in a reduced role where he's, he's like, you know, the, the sixth defenseman playing. Right. Um, But like that, that's, that's the kind of move I think is going to happen on Wednesday. But the second part of my prediction is that because I think, like I said, I think that those guys may hang around as, as sometimes happens with, with the bigger fish free agents uh, as, as like they, they consider all their options. Um, the Islanders are going to be in the mix, I think, yeah. or rumored to be uh, in the mix for them. So uh, that's, that's, that's my prediction. Um, and then, yeah. And then I think like your, your list is kind of realistic. I think like a Mason Marchment, Hmm. kind of players is probably what ends up happening. You know, that, that kind of middle tier. I'm going to throw a name out there that, because I'm, I'm just looking at Cap Friendly's like UFA page right now. And a, a lot of these guys I didn't realize were UFAs. I'm going to throw a name out at you that screams Islanders and people are going to be like, huh? Marcus Nudivara. He's <laughs> <laughs> 28, could play both sides on D, was recently with the Panthers. You may remember him from the, from the Blue Jackets. Um, it's not a big scorer, but I just remember this guy playing and being like, man, why is this guy everywhere? <laughs> and mm-hmm. I can just see him, you know, he's got probably, you know, well over two, 300 games played. And I can totally see that happening. Like he's, he fits right in that, you know, 28 years old. Um, I could see that Thomas Hickey also, by the way, is in the at 33, probably not coming back. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully he signs like one of those, you know, AHL deals and yeah, if he wants to, obviously, or, but right. yeah, we'll, we'll see him. I think. We'll see him in a suit behind a bench, definitely. Maybe an Islander bench, eventually. <laughs> cool. Oh, and one one thing too is like Lamarillo was talking about qualifying offers, and I think yeah. the qualifying offer, the only players who get who player who'd get one would be Bellows, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, like Bellows know. and Aho oh, was the other one, right? Yeah, like whoever, uh, whoever Cole, like and, yeah, but. It sound oh yeah, Dal Cole was and Koivula, right? So yes, so basically the guys that the Islanders have been paying to to be <laughs> to be hostages for the past <laughs> yeah, you know, a couple of seasons. But uh, oh man, Michael Dal Cole, twenty six years old, and I wouldn't be surprised if he just comes back on the same kind of deal. But um, 
it does sound like uh i think he was alluding to Kiefer bellows yeah I, I mean i don't know like i well i i I find it hard to believe that they wouldn't qualify Billows. Like that's my, I don't think they would let him walk just for nothing. If anything, they qualify him and then they trade him. Hmm. Um, you know, Aho on the other hand, I can see them not qualifying and letting him walk <laughs> someplace else. Cause they do have Sallow as well, who, you know, didn't have a great showing last year, but certainly couldn't, yeah. could play that side. Somebody specific. I don't know who it was in the, the press conference that specifically asked about Aho and, and yeah. Lamarillo said what he says every off season, which is we're, we're gonna get all our young players signed. Okay, thanks. What's what's the cutoff? <laughs> what's the cutoff aid for young? Yeah. 30, 38? Because I mean, when you're Lou Lamarello, yeah, everybody's young, yeah. right? So, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's a weird group because again, like on one hand, you feel bad if Michael Del Cole is qualified and signs again because what are they gonna do with him? He's twenty six. <laughs> I don't know what they mean, but at the same time, if they if he's like, no, I'm not gonna sign, or they don't qualify him, where's he gonna go? Yeah, like, exactly. I don't, like what is what is the future hold for him? Is he gonna? When, one thing I I had a conversation with Stephen Steve Valiquette over the mm. last off season, and one thing he told me that I'll I'll never forget now about Lou is like he's so good at keeping guys. Like like you're like why is he holding on to this guy? Like why is he keeping him in the organization? And he he like he'll he will do he like has done this like he'll do this. Mm. He did it with the Devils or. Um, maybe with the Leafs, but I don't think he was there long enough to, for us to pay off. And he's like, and eventually, like, they're like 27, 28 years old and playing 77 games as like a third liner and scoring right. 13, like almost like a Chris Draper type, like mm. like those kind of guys. They just develop and and they really become those those roles. And and because he stuck with them and they stuck with him, like there's this like mutual respect where the, they'll just keep re-upping with them. And yeah, uh, you saw it with the Devils, like with with like John Madden. Brian Kowalski yeah. types, like well, whatever. Scott Gomez came back, yeah, right. Like, so. like so, like I just wonder, like if if here's here's a bold prediction: if if Dal Cole does come back, he plays f- f- more than forty games next year for the Islanders. Because I just like like you said, like hmm. at at one point this is and this is the UFA talk. You know, it's <laughs> we're right before the the free agency frenzy, right. and here we are talking about big time free agent Michael Dal Cole, but um. It's it it I think what you the point you made is great. Like who else knows who this guy is? Right. Besides the Islanders and Pierre Maguire, who was like <laughs> talking about his shot at the NHL draft <laughs> eight years ago. Like right. so yeah, it makes sense almost for him to be like, oh, we'll try again next year. Like mm. we'll, we'll we'll do this whole song and dance again next July, I guess. But um yeah. Mm. Those that that group, like the Bellows, ah, the, the hostages, Bellows Aho, <laughs> Koivala, <laughs> and Dal Cole. Like it's yeah. uh, <laughs> Who it's like a it's like Survivor like who's who's whose torch is is Lou gonna extinguish this year? Yeah, and I mean if if he gets signed anywhere, it'll be for the, in the AHL probably. Yeah. And I mean, and that's that's a fresh start too. I mean, you could do that, but um, I'm just looking at some of these other lists here. Uh, some some interesting names: Evan Rodriguez, who had a hot two months, and then now yeah, he's so in- he's 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 the guy who I don't. He would be on my list of like, please don't get him because yeah, I think he's fine as like a third liner, but yeah. We already have. Um, we already uh, have Evan Rodriguez here. Yeah, if not multiple Evan Rodriguez. Yeah. Is, is, uh, Ilya Mikheyev gets a lot of ink because he was with the Leafs, and <laughs> now he's apparently UFA. So He's also on the list. Yeah. Because he's going to get, apparently, he's looking for a four-year deal with nah, like okay. four, four and a half million. Yeah. Um, no. And then we got some old bastards. Um, forget, you know, Malkin we talked about. I don't know. If would be hilarious, but. Yeah, that would be hilarious. Kessel, again. Um, forget. Forget 
Bergeron because he's either going to the Boston or he's going to retire. Um, but you got Louis Erickson. No, thanks. Alexander <laughs> Radulov, 35. No, thanks. Um, who else is on it? Perron, you mentioned before. Eh, he's going to go back to St. Louis. He always does. It's like the, the swallow is going back to, to Capistrano. He always returns, right? Um, Alex Edler, we already talked about as a million years old. Um, I can't believe I, this is true because it feels like it's not true, but I'm looking at this list here and it is Blake Como. <laughs> Blake Como, who is a UFA, is a year older than Darren Helm. Do you believe that? He's yeah. a year older than Darren Helm. I thought Darren Helm was the oldest guy in the league. I thought he was 48 years old. He's only 35. And Blake Como was 36. So I was watching the um <laughs> the Islanders Penguins fight night yeah. YouTube because of the, the the Red Wings thing. And I had these delusions of grandeur that like <laughs> I convinced Emily to like be like, oh, by the way, if you really like that, you would love this story between the Islanders and and penguins and i didn't even bring it up because she she would just be like this is not interesting <laughs> to me. but because uh, she did like the the documentary but um one thing that i always forget whenever i watch that um those highlights or the the youtube of, of all the fights hmm. um it, from that night is that <laughs> it all started like i always because because brent johnson cold clocked D Pietro, like people mm. just think that's what started everything, but it was really no, yeah, Talbot, yeah, Talbot, you know, putting a dirty hit on Blake Como, mm. who, uh, yeah, I mean, it, he's he's the prototypical player where you feel like he played for the Islanders for so much longer than he did, yeah, like, and and you'd be shocked, I think, like <laughs> with, with and how little he played for the Islanders in terms of like the rest of his career, yeah. Yeah, well, because he was drafted by them and he came up a lot mm-hmm. and stuff, and so, yeah, it's just it. it I just I'm shocked in in looking yeah. at that. Hey, bring him uh, back. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I I mean, I guess one thing too. I mean, we're getting a little long here, but like one thing too that if they do bring back Doug Cole and he does play 40 games, like you said, I think it'll be on a on the fourth line and they'll start to kind of yeah. like rotate new guys in because at some point the three beloved members of that line are going to need to. Go on. I mean, two of them have contracts that are up in two years, and the other guy is will be here for a while. But like, they're gonna need to come up with something new at some mm-hmm. point. Oh, yeah. uh, sorry, a couple other guys here. Paul Stastny, thirty six. Uh, yeah, he's kind of on the list of. Uh, yeah, no, no, thanks. Um, oh, yeah. one guy who who I should have mentioned before in that defenseman group was, was um, as we we're talking about old friends was was Calvin DeHaan. Yes, yeah, I saw him there. Who I think yeah. also in the same way, Letty makes a ton of sense. I think Calvin DeHaan also makes a ton of sense in, sure. in that role. Probably would be cheap. I don't know if he would want to come back here. Uh, <laughs> his his relationship with Isles Twitter is like nothing else <laughs> anybody else has ever had. So uh, I don't know if he'll want to do that. But uh, but no, I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be against that cheap cheap deal if he could stay healthy. That's always been right. a problem with DeHaan. When he plays, he's fine. It's just you know he he's just always hurt. <laughs> uh, when he plays, he's very you know he's fine if unspectacular. Uh, and sorry, one one more penguin too. Uh, I feel like Ricard Raquel was a huge UFA story for about a week and a half last November. And then he got traded to the Penguins. Everybody forgot he was there. And now nobody remembers he exists anymore. So, yeah, you know, he's interesting. I, he is interesting. I mean, he didn't have a great year. He had 20 goals. It's just, you know, isn't bad. It's not great. Um, so, I mean, I could probably be talking to him again, given the right price. I don't want him. You know, he yeah. was making 3.7 last year. If he's looking for more than that, 
Yeah, how, right. How yeah, and he's yeah. he's the reason I think his star has lost its luster is because the knock on him going when the Penguins acquired him was like, you know, guy just doesn't stay healthy, and then and then he got hurt. So, um, people are probably a little, yeah, a little little wary. Wary of, of yeah, and oh, I think he was hurt too as a Penguin too, right? What actually? It's like because it's a it's a little bit of like a tricky situation with him, but. <laughs> Evander Kane, <laughs> like, depending on what he wants, like, and what, like, what the market's like for him, like, here, I'll put it this way: if Evander Kane signs with the Hurricanes for like three years, five million dollars, hmm. I would have, I would say, I would have done that as an hmm. Islander fan. But I'll put it that way: like, if, if, because he's got it, if he, if he's coming at a discount because of his baggage, and and I don't think the Islanders will go near him because he just is not a Lou kind of player like absolutely not he's not he's not someone to take on these like reclamation projects or Mm -hmm. whatever but i mean and he was playing of course with with two of the best players in the world but (laughs) like he he what he does is score goals so Mm -hmm. like he's he he would he'll be the type of player that i just let's i'll put it similarly like i hope he doesn't sign with a team in the metro (laughs) because i think he's he's still really good yeah and he'll score a lot of goals for whoever he plays for next year. Uh, And I just don't want him to be around the Islanders like universe. I almost want him to sign with Philly only because him and Tony D'Angelo in the same locker room would be with Tortorella. Yeah. With Tortorella, the three of them, they would, it would be like reservoir dogs. Like they all be pointing guns at each other by the end of the season. Uh, In case you missed it, let's talk trades real quick. Uh, Tony D'Angelo was traded to the, the flyers today for three picks, three picks. A second, a third, and a fourth. Even if you remove all of the the off ice nonsense with this guy, what? Come on, get out of here, Flyers! My Flyers fans, friends, were not happy today. Uh, my Blackhawks fan friends were not happy yesterday afternoon when the Blackhawks traded Alex DeBrincat to the Senators for a couple of picks, and I saw a few people saying, "Well, why couldn't the Islanders put together?" a package just like that. So DeBrincat was traded for the, I believe seventh pick and the 36th pick. The Islanders first two picks at the time were the 13th pick and the 65th pick. So that is not a comparable package. <laughs> that is a worse package than what the Blackhawks did. And you know, the auto senators, or excuse me, what the senators had and what the Blackhawks got. So it wouldn't have been the same package. And if you're like, well, they could have traded, they're not going to do all that. Like they just, it didn't work out. And Brinkett is an Ottawa senator for at least the next two seasons. He's going to need to be qualified next year at about nine million bucks. So, uh, and then after that, he's going to be UFA for however long he signs for. So, you know, good for the senators. They want to trade for once, mm-hmm. but uh, there's there is a clock on this. So he might not be there for long. This might be a Panarin situation, you know, where he's there for a couple of years and then he bolts to someplace else. But he's a heck of a player, and, and it'd be nice to see somebody somebody good playing for Ottawa. For a change. Um, and then the other trade was, uh, oh, yeah, Kirby Doc. Um, so my Blackhawks fan friends were sad to see Dabrinkat go, but boy, they were over the moon to see Kirby Doc go because he is apparently completely useless. So I've seen a lot of like, oh, the Habs won this weekend. They got Kirby Doc. He's, he had, you know, had such a great draft year and a pedigree, blah, blah, blah. I think we're going to find out that, yeah, sometimes that, that pedigree and that the draft position from, 10 years ago, whatever it was, isn't all it's cracked up to be. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe he likes playing in Montreal. Who knows? But I, I just, I found it funny that everybody, that all these people were saying how great this trade was for the Habs. 
And apparently we don't follow the same people on Twitter because everybody I know who follows the Blackhawks couldn't wait to get this guy to the airport to get his ass to Montreal. So uh, I thought that was kind of funny. Um, I think, and I think that's about it. It was not a whole lot of trades. Obviously Romanov, we talked about at length. So um, I think that's about it. I mean, we don't really know where any of these people are going to go or where they're going to sign. I don't know who will be on the, I think the Islanders might sign one of them, but I mean, hell if I know, and hopefully their entire salary structure isn't completely obliterated. And also let's hope, let's hope that, you know, when we're, we're talking next, like there is, it's, it's not like was uh, as funny as it was last off season with the just complete radio silence. Right. And not, and knowing that Zach Parisi was an Islander, even though he <laughs> you know wasn't made official until September, right. and knowing Casey Sasekis was signed, like yeah, like that's I always forget that because the, the Parisi thing I remember, but I always forget that the Sasekis deal wasn't confirmed for months either. Yeah, like months. Oh, yeah. This is a guy who like was been on this team for a decade, and mm. <laughs> um, as hilarious as it is, and was like I hope that you know we don't have to find out that the Islanders. Signed Johnny Goudreau in, on Labor Day. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, and, and, you know, again, we'll talk about this next week once they, the dust settles. But I mean, their, their cap friendly page is a little bit weird. They're very top heavy with the forwards. Their D, again, with, with Green and Chara being UFAs is pretty empty right now. They'll sign Romanov, they'll sign Dobson at some point. Um, and then they got to two goalies. So, you know, somebody's going to have to have to go. I heard that. Anthony Beauvillier was at the draft table with them on on Thursday, and then they didn't do anything. So I don't know. <laughs> they just brought him along to see uh, everybody in his hometown. That, that's probably pretty nice. But uh, we'll, we'll see how how this all shakes out and who's here and who's not. But like I said, we'll be back sometime next week. Could be as early as Wednesday night. Could be as late as Saturday morning. <laughs> Maybe we'll see. Uh, the earlier, uh, the more exciting it is for sure. So better hope for for Wednesday. Uh, in the meantime, uh, read Lighthouse Hockey every single day for your most up-to-date Islanders news and discussion. If you haven't listened to our last episode of Weird Islanders, the podcast, which is our season finale for this year, you should. It's with our good friend Dom, uh, without whom we would not be here. And we had a great time talking about Craig Janney, 18 very uh, forgettable games as an Islander. <laughs> I'm sure we're the only three people on the planet that we're talking about it this entire year or any time over the last 10 years, I guess. Uh, so that was fun. Check that out and check out all our episodes of Weird Islanders, the podcast. Uh, where can everybody find you on Twitter? The Big Lebowski with two E's. Follow Mike at The Big Lebowski. Read his work at Action Network. Um, what, what do you guys have going on for UFA Day? Anything special? Any kind of like breakdowns or anything? Or Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll probably just look at like how the odds you know shift. Yeah. If, uh, if like for example, if the Islanders had signed Johnny Goudreau, they're like thirty to one to win the Stanley Cup right now. Like they'll they'll shorten to like you know, twenty two oh, yeah. to one or something, and cover that cover it kind of from that perspective. Right. Um, That's cool. Yeah. Um, could could you real quick tell the story about how you won eighteen hundred dollars <laughs> in the first round of the draft? <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Uh, so well, it actually was eleven hundred because I lost oh. <laughs> I lost on uh, Shane Wright. Ah, uh. um, so. What what had happened was Shane Wright was just a huge, huge favorite to go first overall all season mm. long. And um, then when the media started to – basically when Bob McKenzie released his rankings, that the, the number – it had already come down, but the number really started to tank. And uh, you know, I tried to buy low, buy the dip at the right time, and it kept dipping, and uh, it was wrong. 
Mm. Um, but you know, as I was you know reading through stuff and researching the draft and and the market, I was thinking to myself, look, if if the the Canadians are going to take Slavkovsky, that means that the Devils they're not going to take right. Like they they already have two young centers. It just doesn't make sense for them to draft another one. Um, especially because him, him and Nico Heischer kind of have similar profiles. So he won't go second overall. Slavkowski won't go second overall. They were the two big favorites. The Devils are pretty well set at center. The next the next guy was Logan Cooley, who was a center. Um, and so then it was coming down to defensemen, and it was David Juracek or Simone Nemeth, who they ended up taking. And Nemeth was like 18 to 1. And I'm like, I think Juracek was like 6 to 1 or something. But I was reading through like that that according to like prospect modelers or whatever, Nemec was like the second best prospect in the entire draft behind Wright. Um, and knowing that the Devils like to to toot their own horn for being like you know analytically mm. forward, I was like, all right, I'll take a shot on on Nemec. And so I kind of hedged my Shane Wright position a little bit with with that, and it ended up working out. There you go. Well, yes, yeah, so Jan Ruda and, and Simone Nemec. Those are those are my guys. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, yeah, now you, now you've got a you've yeah, you're invested in a, their careers now. We have a partnership with the New York Post where like we provide their betting content for them. Mm. Uh, so you might see my like name in the Post Sports section from time to time, and um, I'd wrote about that for them. So hmm. I had a couple of editors reaching out to me saying that they they had tailed it. So made there some new go. friends that way, I guess. That's awesome. Well, there you go. Uh, and the, you two friends, you could win money <laughs> on this stuff. So uh, this is why I always tell you to read Mike's work at the Action Network, because you never know when he can help you uh, win some cashola. Uh, but we will be back next week. And uh, again, buckle up. We'll see who ends up an Islander and who doesn't. And if it's none of the guys we talked about, God help us all. <laughs> <laughs> and if it's some of the guys we talked about, God help us all. But if it's some of the other guys we talked about, Maybe maybe it'll be okay. We'll see. Uh, it's a long time from till the start of the season. Oh, and check out the schedule too, which is out, which is packed to the gills, but fortunately no 13-game road trips. So uh, we'll be back in a week, and uh, we will talk to you then. Uh, thanks for listening, and uh, that's it. We'll see you later. Bye-bye.